What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Gouache Universe podcast. I'm that comic book artist that discusses comics, movies, science fiction, and pop culture news, all while changing the universe, one subject at a time. So we got some things to talk about, some some hot pressing events that have occurred in uh, the last couple of weeks, last couple of months, and um, I can't wait to talk about it. So stick around and I'll be right back after this. Okay, so the first thing that I want to talk about is uh, an event that kind of got me upset this summer, and it's a hot topic event that you know everybody's talking about throughout the industry and uh, you know the film industry, the comic book industry, just the pop culture industry, you know at large. Um, this Batgirl film. Now, first of all, out of all the DC films that have been announced or coming out or in production or whatever this was the one that i was most looking forward to i mean i was getting really excited to see leslie grace's portrayal of batgirl and um as you know the film has been canceled and it really upset a lot of people and myself included because, I, like I said, I was really looking forward to it. I mean, out of all of the films or projects that were coming out, this is the main one that I was looking forward to because, it's, you know, it's a different take on the character. Um, I really liked, you know, this different uh, take on uh, the character of Batgirl and everything. Um, and I was, you know, getting really excited for it. So, you know, for it to be canceled like this, you know, almost 90%, you know, through in, through filming, and everything pretty much the film was in the bag already I mean I think the what they were working on was post-production and you know just for you know all the the creatives and the talent and the people behind the scenes and everything for the film to just be you know pulled out from under them you know like a rug you know I just thought was was terrible I mean I really felt bad for Leslie Grace you know because you know she seemed you know so happy and honored to you know portray the character and everything and she seemed so excited about it you know I follow her on Instagram and uh, she you know uh, she would post you know uh, you know just clips of her excitement for you know getting in the role and everything and you know she always talked about how it was the role of a lifetime and everything and for it to just be pulled away from her like that was I thought was just it's it's really a bad look not only for the studio but just for the brand as a whole i mean you know warner brothers is in charge of you know the dc brand at the moment and it's really you know i mean for dc to be associated with warner brothers and everything you know i know that the film division and the comics division is totally separate you know a separate division and everything but it's just a bad look for the brand i mean you still a part of that brand and like i said it's not only a bad look for you know just the whole brand but I mean just the studio I mean who wouldn't want to work you know for a studio that potentially this could happen I mean you know I mean nobody is safe you know just for you know just for future talent that wants to work with the, the studio it's like I mean is my film going to be released or is it going to be pulled out from under me you know like the background film and everything so anyway this this new guy that's taking over supposedly taking over well not supposedly he is taking over 
uh, Warner Brothers Discovery. Uh, what's his name? Zasloff. Uh, he issued a statement and everything, so I'm just going to read a little bit and just talk about it. Um, so this comes from The Wrap. Uh, yeah, TheWrap.com. And uh, it talks about, you know, uh, CEO uh, Zasloff and his explanation as to why he canceled the film. Um, yeah, his name is David Zasloff. So anyway, this is the, just to read a little snippet from the article. It says, Warner Brothers Discovery CEO explains why he killed Batgirl. Our job, quote unquote, our job is to protect the DC brand. <laughs> oh, oh really? Our job, I was just talking about that. Our job is to protect the DC brand? And you do that by teasing a film and then pulling away from, I mean, you know, you've been teasing the film for a whole year. And then all of a sudden, you pull it away. You put posting all these clips online and everything, you know, showing the costume and everything, which looked great, by the way. And now you you're gonna pull it and say, "Oh no, psych, psych." Uh, we're not gonna drop this film to begin with, you know. And it's just talk about. I don't know. I just went off on a rant, but talk about protecting the DC brand. But anyway, so the article goes on to say. Um, uh, Warner Brothers Discovery CEO David Zaslav addressed why the Batgirl movie was killed and will not be released, saying bluntly during the company's earnings call that they are focused on quality and will not put out a film that doesn't meet those standards. Wow. <laughs> wow. Will not put out a film that does not meet those standards. So... <laughs> What have you been doing for the last 10 years with the DC films? I mean, let's be honest. The only good thing out of those DC films, and, you know, and I'm a DC fan. You know, I love, you know, I, Superman growing up was one of my favorite superheroes and everything. Batman, love Batman, love Superman, Wonder Woman, all these great characters. But under the Warner Brothers, ever since Christopher Nolan left, things just went downhill. I mean, it was great when, you know, we had the Dark Knight trilogy. That's one of my favorite trilogies not only superhero films, but just films in general, uh, trilogies of all time and everything. And it was great then, you know, and then we've got that great Man of Steel, which was just phenomenal, just a phenomenal film, a phenomenal reboot of the character of Superman and everything. Loved it. I always talk about that film as being one of my favorite superhero films of all time. You know, even with the Marvel films, every just, just, it was just a great film from beginning to end. I, I never thought that they could do a better job than the original Superman with Christopher Reeve, that Superman the movie. I just thought that it was impossible to outdo that. And they proved me wrong, you know, between Zack Snyder and Christopher Nolan, because he Christopher Nolan was a producer on that film. And I think him and, uh, no, he was a producer. His brother and uh, David Goyer actually wrote the screenplay. And, uh, you know, Zack Snyder directed it and everything. And I just thought that that combination was just brilliant. And that turned out to be a wonderful film. But, you know, Man of Steel, uh, what else? Uh, the first Wonder Woman and uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Phenomenal, you know. And that's because, you know, at the time, you know, Warner Brothers... You know, they meddled in the film and they replaced Zack Snyder and we got the Joss Whedon Just Justice League, which we all know was, I hate to say it, crap, but um, anyway, I put it out there. 
But um, <laughs> so now all of a sudden you're talking about, you know, uh, you're focused on quality and will not put out a film that doesn't meet those standards. So what have you been calling those other films? You know, the first Suicide Squad, I mean, it was well acted. It had great characters. The crack, the characters were there, you know. Uh, the performances, you know, Margot Robbie was great, but the, the script was all over the place. You know, it was just like a music video. Uh, you know, I don't want to go down, go through the list of all the DC films, but, you know, Justice League, the, the Whedon Justice League, that first Aquaman, I mean, you know, it was serviceable. You know, I, it's, it's unmemorable. I mean, I can't remember anything from that film. I just remember, okay, uh, you know, just like a video game underwater, you know, but... Uh, you know, but I mean, just to say that, you know, now all, all of a sudden you're going to put out, you're going to focus on quality and will not put out a film that doesn't meet those standards. You know, you had 10 years. Anyway, let me go on. It says, it goes on to say, we're not going to put out a movie unless we believe in it. That's it, Zaslav said. And then it says, the objective is to grow the DC brand, to grow the DC characters, but also our job is to protect the DC brand. And that's what we're going to do. After 10 years, you had 10 years to start in 2014 to now, or roughly almost 10 years. Now you're going to start. Okay, so anyway, it goes on to say it's a bleak message for Batgirl, which an insider told the rap on Wednesday had not tested well, but it speaks to Warner Brothers Discovery's broader approach to releasing films, uh, direct to streaming, and their overall priority for the DC brand. Uh, Zasloff. Uh, when asked by an analyst about the press surrounding Batgirl, said that, quote, DC is top of the list for the studio. And they're even looking to enact a broad 10-year plan modeled off of the Marvel model established with Kevin Feige at Disney. And see, that's the problem. See, the problem is, what? Stop trying to copy somebody else's success and mark your own success. That's that's been my whole problem with the DC, just the DC film business structure, you know, to this thus far. I mean, you're so busy trying to copy what Marvel did, you know, what Kevin Kevin Feige did. Just try to be creative and create your own path. You know, it doesn't have to have. You can have a ten-year plan, but you know have something different than what they're doing at Marvel. Don't just try to turn around and copy what they're doing. You know, you can't succeed if you're trying to just copy somebody else. You have to be original. You have to be creative. You have to be do something that's never been try to aim to do something that's never been done before. You know, and have it come from the heart. You know, you can't be successful just copying what somebody else is doing. You know, as an artist myself, I'm a comic book artist. You know, what you can do is you can be inspired by you know other artists but don't just copy what they're doing and try to mimic you know thing for thing tap for tap what they're doing and that's what dc has ultimately been doing these last 10 years just copying you know what marvel is doing and they try to hurry up and <laughs> I, I just think it's comical because i remember when justice league came out and how they tried to hurry up and and rush that film out you know before you know, Infinity War, and you know, uh, it was just, just laughable. I mean, anyway, um, and like I said, you know, it just hurts because you know I'm a DC fan. You know, I grew up with DC uh, comics as you know, well as Marvel comics, and you know, I just think that DC has just been dropping the ball all the way around. And this canceling Batgirl is just another added uh, negative 
press for the, the, the studio, just for the company as a whole. And um, anyway, uh, it goes on to say, uh, but the context of his remarks on Batgirl was focused more specifically specifically on streaming titles. Zaslav said, when it comes to directed streaming movies with expensive budgets and the benefit that's gained in terms of how many people seek out those titles directly on streaming, there is no comparison to what happens when you launch a film in theaters. This idea of expensive films going to streaming, we cannot find an economic case for it. So we are making a strategic shift, he said. <sighs> okay, I understand that, but don't you think you should shift? I mean, you already locked in. That's like you, you made a decision. Stand by that decision. The decision was to put out Batgirl on streaming or what have you. You already invested, looks like what ninety million, almost a hundred million dollars into the film. You hired crew, cast, special effects, pre-production. It's halfway through post-production, and now all of a sudden you want to make a shift in the middle of that. That's kind of like, that's very tacky, you know. It's like you know you make a decision, you stand behind that decision, and then after you start making these other changes or you want to shift or, or whatever but after the fact you but you you follow your initial statement through to the end you know because i mean it's not just you know there's so many people involved in that film you know it's not just one person uh under the batgirl film there's hundreds of crew and actors and talent and you know and cast and every everybody who's excited about putting this project together whose jobs and and livelihoods are on the line and everything you know and i just think that this could you know for actors involved in the film this could be their big break and for it to just be pulled away it's just ridiculous anyway it goes on to say um what does it say uh where was i Batgirl was developed by the prior regime and was intended directly for streaming and it did not have the heft or the budget of other theatrical DC titles, even though the production budget had ballooned to a reported 90 million. And earlier in the call, WBDCFO also referenced titles like Scooby, Scoob Holiday Haunt and DC's Wonder Twins movie as examples of more expensive titles that did not fit that overall strategy. The latter of which was reported to be canceled several months ago and was not as far into development as Batgirl, which was close to finished. As part of Zaslav's opening statements in the earning call, uh, the CEO stressed a strategy of quality over quantity and a strat strategic shift away from the streaming-centric approach of the prior leadership at Warner Brothers before it merged with Discovery. Um, it's not about how much, it's about how good, he said. Curation, quality, and brands have never been more important. And that is what we do best. <laughs> Man, yeah, right. Okay, so I understand, it was, okay, it was previous leadership that was under the Batgirl uh, production. Same thing applies. You're still under the same brand. You're still a part of the company. It's still the brand, the overall umbrella, you know, one make person makes a decision it's under the umbrella of Warner Brothers you if you come into that you still under the umbrella of Warner Brothers so what I the statement that I made about following something from beginning to end and standing by your statement still applies it still applies 
I mean, you don't just cancel a film after the fact, after you make the statement of making the film. Don't just cancel it, you know, or back or backtrack on your statement. Just follow it through to the end. I mean, stand behind your decision and just and stand on it. You know, that's that gains respect. You know, other than you know, just going back on what you said, that's kind of what you're doing. You know, oh, 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 we're gonna take it back. Uh, you promise something, then we're gonna take it back. That's just not. You know, people don't respect that, and I think this is just a bad look. You know, once again for the company, studio, the company, the the CEO, everything. And um, yeah, I'm not the only one that feels the same way. I mean, you know, it's gotten many statements uh, from people inside the industry. Um, I've heard things uh, like, you know, this has never been, this has never happened before. This is unprecedented. You know, this is a history-making uh, uh, decision. You know, it's, it's, it's a big bomb. You know, whatever. I've heard different, different chatter uh, on the subject, and. Um, like I said, I was uh, I was really upset because this is the one film that I'm looking forward to. They're giving us all these films that nobody asked for. You know, um, Shazam was not one of my favorite films. In fact, I'm trying to be nice. Uh, not one of my favorite films. I didn't enjoy it at all. Um, and, you know, they're giving us films that nobody asked for. But the films that we want, Man of Steel 2, Batgirl, people were looking forward to that. Not only for Batgirl Season 2, I mean, not only Batgirl, but... You know, Michael Keaton was supposed to be in that. You know, he was in the film. Well, he is in the film. He shot scenes in the film. And, of course, everybody's looking for, you know, Michael Keaton's return. I know uh, The Flash was supposed to come out before that to kind of lead into, you know, as to why he's in, you know, Batgirl and everything. But, um, you know, that's another thing. They already shot scenes with uh, Michael Keaton. And, you know, everybody's looking forward to that. So my point is, you know, they're giving us all these things that nobody's asking for. But the things that we want is like we can't get those. So, anyway, this kind of really upset me. You know, like I said, shout out to Leslie Grace, man. I hope she bounces back and finds something, you know. Um, you know, I hope she can move on from this. But, you know, as of right now, it's kind of like, man, I, you know, I know I've heard rumors that, you know, Warner Brothers is, you know, trying to kind of woo her back to uh, continue playing Batgirl in, in another capacity. You know, maybe like a... a I guess, you know, in an introduction in another film or, you know, like a, a small cameo scene in, in other films in the DC uh, film pantheon or whatever. But um, I don't know. I mean, if I was her, I know she's probably upset, man. I mean, would I come back? Or, I mean, I would feel, you know, heartbroken. It's like, man, how do I go from being the lead role in a film? It's like a dream come true to now I'm just, you know, uh, an afterthought, you know, or just a, a cameo in, in someone else's film, you know, so whatever she does, you know, I, I'll, you know, support it, you know, because I really, like I said, I, I really wanted to see her portrayal as Batgirl. I was really excited about that. And, um, and I still want to see it. You know, I still want to see her as Batgirl. Now, as right now, I, I kind of don't want to see anybody else's Batgirl, you know, I really want to, it's going to be odd seeing somebody else if they do recast, you know, if she chooses not to come back, you know, it's going to be odd to see somebody else playing it after I've been looking forward to seeing her for an entire year and seeing her in the costume looking great you know she looked great in the costume uh, that was posted a year ago I mean it looks just like uh, the comic you know from Babs Tar you know her design and everything so uh, it's just uh, just terrible 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 
So anyway, those are my thoughts about that, man. As you can tell, you know, I'm upset about it. So uh, those are my pure, raw, and unadulterated uh, thoughts on the situation. And um, man, I'm I'm just hoping that, uh, like I said, that you know, like I said, I hope that she continues to maybe, you know, come back as Batgirl. If not, then I hope she, you know, finds something else. You know, and I really hope she succeeds and and gets another high-profile project, and you know I'll be looking forward to that or whatever. But you know, once again, shout out to Leslie Grace, you know, for having Grace. I mean, she, you know, she handled it with uh, class, and I know she's hurt, but you know, she put a, a statement out on Instagram saying how she still enjoyed herself uh, making the film, and it was uh, one of the high points of her life and everything, and you know, and that just makes it even more heartbreaking that you know we won't get a chance to see. You know, bad or good. You know, whether it's bad or good, at least stand like I said, stand by your, you know, stand by what you, your statement. You know, put out the film, and whether it's bad or whether it's good, at least you can stand by it with, you know, respect. You know, you can at the end of the end of the day, you can say, look, whether it's bad or whether it's good, at least I'm stand by the decision that you know we made, and you know, put it out there. You know, and, and the poor directors who directed the film. I know they must be heartbroken too. You know, they put their heart, soul, and sweat into the film, and you know, for it to just be pulled away from them and they can't even apparently I read somewhere that they tried to go back and at least get some of the footage that they shot so maybe I don't know they perhaps can have it for their demo reel or I know, I know I'm making it sound like a, a, a college or high school production where you put together your demo reel but you know um, but yeah I don't know maybe they just just wanted some footages you know memories or whatever of what they shot and uh, you know, the rumor is, you know, the Warner Brothers went to the server and deleted the footage, which is crazy. I mean, it's just, I don't know, it's just bad business, man. Just just totally bad business all around, you know. Shady, underhanded, bad business. You know, and uh, like I said, it just makes the whole company look bad. You know, so. Anyway, those are my thoughts about that. And um, I'll be keeping my eyes peeled on, you know, uh, what's going to happen in the immediate future. With the character and with Leslie Grace, and uh, we'll see. We will see. Okay, so this next story is a story that does my heart good. Man, I've been looking forward to this since 2008. It's just been announced. Well, it's not official, but um, this article comes from GiantFreakingRobot.com. And it involves uh, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, the one we know as The Rock, eyed by Kevin Feige for major Marvel villain role. Now, I saw that title, and immediately when I saw major Marvel villain role, only one name came to mind. And it is a name that I cherish. Is a character that I cherish. One of my favorite Marvel villains of all time. And it's like I said at the beginning of this uh, section, it's something that I've been championing, championing and looking forward to and hoping and wishing ever since 2008. And that is The Rock as the badass himself, Apocalypse. Now, man, come on now. 
the rock as apocalypse let's just let that marinate just just rest on that just sit on that for a second just think about that the rock as apocalypse now all of you Marvel heads out there, if you know who Apocalypse is, he's not he's only one of the baddest villains in the history of the Marvel Universe. One of the oldest villains in the history of the Marvel Universe. And even before Oscar Isaac, you know, took on the role in the Foxman, um, I was championing the rock as, you know, Apocalypse. I just think he's got the charisma, he's got the he's over the years he's gained the acting chops. You know, he's got that trash talking, you know, mentality. I mean, come on, man. I mean, if, any, if you know Apocalypse, he's one of the most trash talking villains out there, you know. And what is The Rock? But he's built this entire career off of being a trash talking son of a bee, you know. I mean, just years in the just look only look towards his wrestling career in the ring. Just him trash talking or whatever, you know, just off the cuff, too. Sometimes, you know, freestyle. So, I mean, this could fit totally into his whole shtick you know what i mean so anyway so i'm gonna read the article i'm gonna read what the article says um and this was looks like it was published a few days ago too um it goes on to say dwayne johnson is one of the biggest movie stars in the world literally and figuratively yes right right um he is one of the few actors who could walk away from the billion dollar grosses of the fast and the furious franchise with little to no effect on his career and has more side projects than anyone could possibly keep track of. However, according to our trusted and proven sources, Dwayne Johnson is being wooed to join the very biggest franchise of them all, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It seems that Kevin Feige uh, would like to get Dwayne Johnson to play one of the biggest, baddest Marvel villains of them all, Apocalypse time I read that just does my heart good but anyway um, so it goes on to say it is not surprising that Dwayne Johnson would be in consideration to play one of Marvel Comics most significant villains he has drawing power at the magnitude few individuals do and that his name can and ha can and has revitalized multiple franchises and he can make a hit out of even a lower tier theme park ride bringing in one of Marvel's most dangerous villains would require someone that really knocks out audiences in parentheses and Avengers presumably um, and few people could do that like the once and future rock um, on the other hand there are some pretty big hurdles to getting Dwayne Johnson to join the Marvel Cinematic Universe for one thing he seems pretty locked down over at Marvel's main competitor Warner Brothers Discovery um, yeah, that's right. He's playing, you know, Black Adam over there, um, which is fine, you know, because, look, I mean, we've had actors who've gone from, it's like a revolving door. You know, they go from Marvel to DC to back to Marvel. So it's kind of like, you know, it's totally in the realm of possibility. You know, for example, you know, you got J.K. Simmons. He's doing double duty. He's playing Commissioner Gordon and he's playing... Uh, uh, J. Jonah Jameson in the Spider-Man films. So, you know, uh, you know, you got Michael Keaton. He's playing, returning as Batman, the OG Batman in DC, and he's also playing uh, the Vulture in uh, in Spider-Man. So, you know, it's it's not 
like it's impossible or something that can't be done you know i mean it's definitely like i said in the realm of possibility he can definitely play apocalypse and go back and play uh you know black adam you know um it could be a situation like uh you know like with thanos you know uh you know uh, josh brolin he played the character thanos while he was actually doing cable over at fox you know and with thanos it was more like you know press between prosthetics and cgi and you know he was hidden under all those things you can see him in there but it wasn't like to the point where it was like you know what i mean it wasn't i don't know i can't explain it but it was like he was under the cgi so it was kind of like you know voiceover slash you know actually being there on set to you know a bunch of different things that went into that performance and so then he would go over and do you know cable for a fox so Anyway, I say that to say, I mean, it's it's not like it's a big deal. I mean, you know, he could definitely play Black Adam over at DC and then go over and play Apocalypse, you know, for for Marvel Disney. So that's definitely a possibility. I'm not worried about that in the least, you know. Um, uh, but anyway, it goes on. I'm going to skip down. It says, uh, however, if anyone could use a do-over, it is Apocalypse. Who are you telling? Uh, I don't know what that was. I mean, I don't blame Oscar Isaac in the Foxman. I mean, that's just the script that he was given, but um, no, no, no cigar. Um, yeah, so it says anyone could use a do-over, it is Apocalypse. The comic book character was first introduced in X-Factor in 1986 as an ancient and un inconceivably powerful mutant who was born millennia ago as in Sabah-Nor and had his mutant powers enhanced by celestial technology. He was raised in the time period in which the time-traveling king, the Conqueror, ruled Egypt as Pharaoh Rama II, which raises some interesting possibilities for the impending MCU debut of Jonathan Majors. Oh, it's just perfect. That falls in line perfectly um, as king the, Con king the Conqueror. Um, it goes on to say Apocalypse was previously portrayed by Oscar Isaac, which I mentioned. Um, in the 2016 film X-Men Apocalypse, which pretty much everyone can agree was disappointing. And that's not me saying that, that's the article. Um, and as such, getting Dwayne uh, The Rock Johnson to play Apocalypse would be a great chance for Marvel to try again. Fans have been eagerly awaiting the proper debut of the X-Men into the MCU, and getting a huge star like The Rock to play one of their greatest enemies would be quite the coup. It would also weirdly give Dwayne Johnson the chance to play ancient quasi-Egyptian super beings in two different franchises, which you have to think would be tempting. <laughs> you know? Um, man, this is, like I said, I've been hoping and looking forward to this for a long time. I think there was some type of, like, mock-up designs online uh, years ago of what The Rock would look like as Apocalypse. And um, he looked great. I wish I could show it on here. Um... But, uh, but man, this, this works perfectly. This falls in line perfectly because, I mean, you know, if anybody's read the, the Rise of the Con Rise of Apocalypse, you know, graphic novel that came out in the 90s, um, this falls in line perfect because, you know, we're already setting up Kang the Conqueror, um, and we've got Avengers Kang Dynasty, uh, coming, you know, pretty soon, uh, that Kevin Feige announced, you know, for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, and Kang, for anybody that knows, Kang was actually, uh, he went back, well, it says in the article, he went back in time and posed as Rama too. 
and he ruled over that period in Egypt. And uh, because he knew Apocalypse, the one that would be Apocalypse in, in Sabanur would be there. And so, you know, he was ruling over during that time. And his first general in command, Ozymandias, was, uh, you know, they were on the lookout for this, this being, you know, in Sabanur, the one who would be Apocalypse. And uh, Apocalypse, the character, it was just a great story, man. It was, it was a story of, of tragedy, love, uh, uh, destiny, uh, cruelty, everything. It was just so emotionally, it was so ironic too, you know, because you know Apocalypse was a slave, you know, who fell in love, you know, was betrayed, rejected, became a warrior. He was a warrior, but you know all these things, and he went on to take on the creed to be, you know, Apocalypse. You know, and his creed was survival of the fittest. His mentor was killed, you know, and uh, ironically, in the comics, the one Ozymandias who was the first general of Rama II, you know, became, uh, you know, and was pretty much over Apocalypse as the slave. You know, Ozymandias ironically became the slave you know, when Apocalypse came into power. So it's just a great story. And, you know, I think it could be done perfectly. You know, you can do all this backstory in, you know, now with Disney Plus, you can do all this backstory, you know, in eight, nine episode, you know, period piece, you know, dealing with the Egyptian times and Apocalypse. And like I said, we will already have King the Conqueror set up, you know, through, you know, Jonathan Majors, you know, uh, the Avengers King Dynasty film. But, um, you know, you can have this, you know, Disney Plus, you know, telling of the origin of Apocalypse. And then you can go right into that, go right into the movies where you got The Rock as Apocalypse, as an older, stronger, bigger, you know, badder Apocalypse, you know, in his older years. You know, so it just fits perfectly. Everything just fits perfectly. It's just like, like a glove, you know what I mean? Like a glove. <laughs> So, uh, but yeah, um, check that out. Check that Rise of Apocalypse. I know it's going to go up in value, you know, when, uh, when you start introducing this character. Cause it's, a, it's a great story, too. It's a great, great story. It came out in uh, the mid-90s, and it's called The Rise of Apocalypse. And hopefully they base a lot of his introduction into the MCU on that story. But, um, but yeah, man, so I don't know. What do you guys think about the Rock is Apocalypse, man. I mean, is this something that you're looking forward to? Or would you like an unknown cast member to be Apocalypse? You know, I'm 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 cheering for The Rock. I mean, I hope they go with The Rock, but if not, I mean, I don't know who else has that charisma and trash talking swag that you know The Rock are already brings to the table. So I just don't know. I don't know. Maybe you can get an unknown to play Apocalypse. You know, I think a character like that should be somebody that's already established. You know kind of like you know josh brolin was with uh thanos you know um but uh man i'm looking forward to this i hope i hope it happens you know I, this article was unexpected you know I, I really hope that this happens i hope um you know he can do both he can do black adam and he can do you know apocalypse i mean definitely could do both you know it's, it's definitely like i said in the realm of possibility you know, you know give that man a franchise but uh, anyway, so um, that's my thoughts about that. Um, I'm going to definitely stay tuned for that, and, and we'll see what happens. Definitely see what happens. 
Okay guys, I just wanted to jump on here and share my thoughts about, you know, some things that have been weighing on my chest. You know, this, you know, The Rock is Apocalypse and the Batgirl situation and um, some other things, you know, I'll get to, you know, later on uh, in future episodes. But, um, yeah man, um, you know, uh, you can definitely follow me on all of the interwebs. I'm on all the things, just at Gouache Universe. And, um, oh yeah, since I've been on the last time, I got some good news. You know, my comic book, uh, is on the Amazon, uh, bookshelf. You know, as you know, you know, Amazon has, uh, is the parent company to Comixology. So, still on, on Comixology, but now, uh, it's on the Amazon bookshelf. So, you can go to Amazon and, and search for my book. It's called, uh, The Native Quest. Um... It's a great science fiction, fantasy, action, adventure, superhero genre, suspense, um, coming of age story. Uh, you'll love it. Um, my debut comic book, I'm really proud of it. I spent a long time, spent years working on it, so I'm really proud of that. Um, and like I said, once again, you can also find me on all the interwebs, just at Quash Universe. And um, until next time, I'll see you in the universe.